On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla continues to absolutely dominate its competitors in the EV space for the first quarter of 2022. Good news for Canadians looking to get their hands on the new Model X. California is about to get the world's largest supercharging station and more. What's happening, friends? Alongside my canine co-host, Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is episode 352 of Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. For May 1st, we are already into the second third of 2022. And I'll have to tell you, it's been a bit of a quiet news week so far this week compared to the always busy Tesla norm, at least. But that is that is within context because there's still plenty to talk about. It's just usually even crazier than this. Plenty of fun stuff to talk about this week, plus plenty of your excellent phone calls coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Uh, Before I get started this week, I have a follow-up on the mobile charger controversy from last week, and that is this. Tesla, as promised, has now added the option to buy a mobile charger or a wall connector right into the design studio as you're configuring and ordering your car. It's at the bottom as the final option that you can choose before you submit your order. That is good news. One other bit of good news here is that the wall connector, the uh, you know higher octane version of the charging situation that you can purchase from Tesla directly, mounted on your wall at home, has been reduced from $500 to $400. And I'm definitely very glad to see that. Good to see Tesla kind of try and meet people in the middle-ish a little bit here. Now, I will say, not to, I'm not trying to rain on a good thing, but just some constructive criticism for, for Tesla on this. I really think that there should be some descriptive language when you click on the wall connector in the design studio that makes it very clear that it has to be installed by a professional. Because as it stands now, it's literally just a checkbox that says wall connector, $400. There's nothing else. That's it. I mean, yes, you can technically install a wall connector yourself, but most people I think won't and perhaps even probably shouldn't when you're talking about the level of amperage that the wall connector can put out. Because Again, I think a little bit of clarifying text is needed there because the mobile connector, you can, you know, you don't need any anything installed, anything for that. That just, you have that and you can use it yourself and it's no problem. But the wall connector does uh, require, you know, some additional steps to actually get it to work. And I'd like to see Tesla address that on the design studio. And that's theoretically pretty simple, just in the form of some text that shows up if you check that box. So perhaps Tesla will do that here in the coming days or or, uh, recent weeks. Also, by the way, the $200 mobile connector, one of the things I talked about last week was how it's out of stock. And that's seemingly the impetus behind this entire decision, at least in my opinion. So that $200 mobile connector currently shows an estimated delivery window in the design studio. If you do check it, it says August to October. 
Now that might sound bad. You're like, well, wait a second. You can't get one till August. That's how does that help anybody? You have to remember that fortunately, at least fortunately relative to this, most Teslas that you can order at this point in time, or most of the cars, just of whatever, regardless of what you order, won't arrive before that window anyway. So at least they are more or less matching up the availability of the mobile connector with the earliest delivery windows that you'd see on any of the four cars. Uh, more good news this week, separate from the charging situation. This is for those of you that are either waiting for your order on a new Model S or a Model X or plan to purchase one at some point. Just today, Friday, it's Friday night as I record, a Tesla source gave me rock-solid confirmation that the latest, the very latest Model S and Model X builds coming out of Fremont have the long-awaited center screen tilting functionality, or at least they've got the hardware to do so in there. They are presumably going to need uh, an upcoming software update that will actually enable it in the UI and let you, you know, touch some sort of button in there to tilt it towards the driver or towards the passenger. So that is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's not the biggest thing in the world, but it was promised originally. It was mentioned when the refresh was first rolled out in, or first announced, I should say, in early 2021, you know, a little over a year ago. But when the first cars delivered, the first Model S plaids and then long range cars delivered, there was nothing, that functionality was not there. And so uh, it's nice to see it rolled out now. I mean, it's it's just, it's another nice upscale feature that I think further distinguishes the S and the X from the three and the Y. I'm not sure why it was omitted in the first place when again, it was originally planned to be there. I would suspect as many things, the reason for, for many things these days, it was probably a parts sourcing slash parts availability thing, but nearly one year later, it has arrived. So if you are going to be taking delivery of a new S or new X in the coming days or weeks, that should make you happy. All right, let's get started with the rest of the proper Tesla news for this week. According to Kelly Blue Book's data, Tesla dominated the United States electric vehicle market in the first quarter, which of course runs January 1 through March 31st with Tesla vehicle sales accounting for three quarters, exactly 75% of all EVs sold in Q1 2022. I saw this story on Tesla Roddy who writes, Tesla's Model 3 and Model Y vehicles alone made up 68% of US EV market sales in Q1. So two thirds were just the three and the Y. The Model Y came in first place as the best-selling EV in Q1, followed by the Model 3 in second place, and the Ford Mustang Mach-E in third place. The Model X and Model S also ranked in Kelly Blue Book's top 10 best-selling EVs in Q1 at fourth and seventh place. Interestingly, the Model X selling more in Q1 than the S. That is very interesting, and perhaps that speaks to the... Uh, the parts situation, the production ramp, I guess would be the, the more accurate way to phrase it. The production ramp issues on the Model X, perhaps starting to see some resolution there. Now, in a normal world where, there, where the Model X isn't suffering from a, a slow production ramp, the X typically does 
sell a little bit better than the Model S. Not a ton, but call it like if you were to just combine both of their sales, which of course is how Tesla reports the, the production and deliveries on those two cars. It's been in the past about a 55-45, occasionally 60-40 split in the Model X's favor. So in this case, in Q1, the X doing better uh, sales-wise than the Model S. Teslarati continues saying the significant gap between Model 3 and the Mustang Mach-E highlights Tesla's dominance. Tesla sold 43,707 Model 3s in the United States in Q1, while Ford sold, again, keep that 43K number in your head, Ford sold 6,734 Mach-E's within the same time frame. That is basically a 7x difference, a seven times difference between second place and third place. So you've got the three and the Y, or I guess put more accurately, the Y and the three, just head and shoulders above all of the other EVs, whether they be from Tesla or from anyone else. And you know, my reaction here is I can't help but laugh a little bit because somehow Tesla keeps gaining market share despite more and more legitimate, desirable, good EVs finally entering the marketplace. But I say somehow, of course, all of you know why. You've been following along with it on this podcast. The reason is not just because they're good cars, because again, the other automakers are starting to make some good stuff too. But the primary reason is because Tesla has been able to scale up their EV efforts while the legacy automakers like Ford and Volkswagen, and then you got the newcomers, Lucid Rivian, they're all basically starting their EV production efforts from scratch. I mean, those are all, they're all just at a, at a completely different level uh, than Tesla is in terms of their scalability and their ability to not just build cars, but get batteries. Getting batteries is such a crucial component to all of this. Now, do the legacy companies have more overall production capacity than Tesla? Of course they do. They always have. But in the electrification race, this is what I'm saying. They are at a, currently, today, a severe disadvantage. And probably they're going to be in a, at a disadvantage for a while. Because the thing is, as you know, they can't just copy and paste what they've always done and apply it to building EVs. They have to get the batteries same as Tesla and same as everyone else. And getting those batteries in uh, substantial quantities is not easy. Now to that end, it is important to note here, you know, you're feeling good, you're a Tesla fan, you hear this story and you're like, yeah, Tesla dominating all, even all the other EVs, even though we are rooting for the other EVs, but still good to see Tesla really coming out ahead here. Tesla will inevitably lose overall market share in the EV space, but that's gonna be a good thing because that will mean that the overall industry transition to sustainable energy is moving along. But in the short term, I really do believe that Tesla might not just hold this 75% EV market share. I think they might keep gaining more market share because of course, Tesla just opened up not one, but two new factories, one of which, Texas, is already making its own batteries 
and the other of which, Berlin, will be doing so very soon. So let me repeat, though, that Tesla losing market share in time in the EV space, don't worry, they're going to be gaining in the overall automotive industry space, but them losing share in the EV space is going to be a good thing for the move to EVs. And I do want to just add, I know this is a Tesla podcast, but I really do want to say congratulations to Ford this week on officially starting production of the F-150 Lightning with the first deliveries uh, reportedly set to start any minute now, even if they have not already by the time that you hear this. And I really do think, I mean, it's it's not really a, a Cybertruck or F-150. They're both very important. I really believe that the F-150 Lightning could be hugely important to America, to the United States' transition to EVs because, and really, I would argue, it's, again, this might sound hyperbolic, I don't think it is. I think that the, the F-150 Lightning could be as important to America's transition to electric cars as the Model 3 has been because, as all of you probably are aware, the F-150 has been the number one selling vehicle period in the United States, not just for years, for decades. And in fact, perhaps some of you out there even have a reservation for a Lightning. Even whether you think, you know, you're not interested in the Cybertruck or the Cybertruck's further out, which it, it certainly is at this point in time. And I'll tell you though, regardless of which one you like, which one you're planning to buy, the electric truck race is getting interesting now. Rivian, who is on the market, starting slowly but surely on, as far as the production ramp goes, but Rivian, by all accounts, has hit a total home run with the R1T. GM flexed, I think it's probably the best way to say, to say it, GM flexed with the Hummer EV. Uh, it's not cheap, but it's a, it's a heck of a beast. And now Ford is starting up on the F-150 Lightning. And meanwhile, the world awaits the Cybertruck. I know many, many, many of you listening are awaiting your Cybertruck next year. So it's going to be fun to watch the EV pickup space. Next up this week, good news for Canadians, Tesla's Model X Plaid has been spotted in Toronto to kick off the first Canadian Model X deliveries in nearly a year and a half. As I was just talking about the maybe the X production ramp finally uh, you know getting up to speed here with the X outselling the S in Q1 in the United States, I saw this story on Drive Tesla Canada, appropriately enough, who writes deliveries of the flagship SUV restarted in the U.S. in October of last year, but there have been no deliveries of the refreshed design in Canada in nearly one and a half years. I mean, here we are; we're at the beginning of May. That drought appears as though it will be over soon as the first refresh Model X SUVs destined for customer deliveries have started arriving north of the border. Earlier this week, a car carrier was spotted traveling eastbound along Highway 401 outside of Toronto, loaded with three Model X plaids. According to the photos taken by Reddit user GM Screech, the cars feature the new plaid badge along with the redesigned charge port door. Now, uh, first of all, thank you to Drive Tesla Canada for that. I want to say, first of all, on this, I don't know if you've seen it yet, either in pictures or on the road. Can I say I really love the new plaid badge that is on the back of the plaid X's and the plaid S's? 
I am so glad that Tesla went back to a symbol, a plaid symbol badge on the cars after, as you may recall, from when I was lucky enough to attend the Model S plaid launch event last June, the first 20 or so plaid S's that were delivered at that launch event had a special plaid logo badge, rectangular shaped logo badge. But then all of the cars after that just had the word plaid, just as the previous generation Model S had, you know, had dual motor written back there for its badge. And just writing out the word plaid on the back of a car that could do zero to 60 in two seconds just never made sense to me because it would seem silly to anybody who wasn't in the Tesla world. You know, you're used to seeing a badge, you know, you're used to seeing the model on the back of a car, on the trunk there, on, on one side or the other. And if you see the, okay, the T logo up above the, on top of the trunk lid there, up high, and then, okay, what is this? Uh, it just says the word plaid? What the heck? Plaid? What is that? What is that? Is there, does the, are the seats plaid color, plaid pattern? What does that mean? So it just makes no sense to anybody who's not already in the Tesla world. But now I like that it's actually even more of an inside joke. It still won't make sense to anybody who's not plugged into the Teslaverse, but I like that it's not literally spelled out on the back of the car anymore. People are going to see it. And if they don't, if they haven't heard about it, they don't know, they're going to be like, what did, did the owner just put that there? Like, did they, did they, <laughs> is that some country's flag that I don't know about? Cause it is kind of squarish, almost flag shaped the new one. So I wonder, like, it's just going to be even funnier now to people outside of the Tesla community. And uh, like I said, as, as I was alluding to there, the, the new plaid badge, it is different from the one that was on those first 20 or so S's from the plaid launch event, but I still quite like the design. I think it's really great. Anyway, I just want to get back to the new Model X for Canada. And I will say that this must be a really a huge relief to you Canadian customers out there who have had your orders in for this car for over a year and uh, this is still only the Plaid. It could end up taking even longer for the standard Range X, the you know long range, to get north of the border as well. Hopefully it will not, but uh, we'll see how long it takes for that to follow suit after the Plaid. And even though my European friends are still waiting for the new S and the X to arrive, this news out of Canada should be some small consolation to those of you in Europe as well, because Canada getting the new X puts Europe one step closer. In fact, last week, I was very fortunate enough to have lunch with Pitt, a longtime listener and Patreon backer of the podcast. Not a baker, backer, although he did kindly bring me some Swiss baked goods that were dairy-free, which I greatly appreciated. Thank you, Pitt. But I had lunch with him. He was visiting the United States from Switzerland, and he told me he's got an order for a Plaid X. He has been waiting since late 2020 for his. So he's he's already at about a year and a half himself, and he's still waiting, as is everybody in Europe. So Pitt, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, you are a little bit closer today now that Canada is getting the Plaid X. Seriously, though, I really hope Tesla has solved the Model X production ramp as those Q1 sales numbers 
sort of suggest. I mean, the wait times on new orders are still insanely long. It is eight to 11 months right now if you order a long range X or I guess the standard X. And that's, and that's to say nothing of the folks who've had orders in that have already waited much longer than that. Folks like Pitt and uh, a lot of Canadian folks and actually plenty of America, plenty of people everywhere are waiting longer than that and have waited longer than that. So here's hoping that the X's will start flowing out of Fremont and being delivered around the world. Next up this week, California is about to get the largest supercharger station in the world, courtesy of an expansion to the existing Harris Ranch supercharger. I saw this on Drive Tesla Canada as well, and they gave credit to where they got the heads up, and it's no surprise that came via Twitter user Marco RP, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, I've interacted with him on Twitter before. This person, he watches all supercharger developments everywhere like a hawk. He is like the all-seeing eye when it comes to supercharger development and activity. It's like a superpower. I mean, if, if there's anything going on with superchargers, Marco knows about it. So uh, Drive Tesla Canada wrote this. The Harris Ranch Supercharger Station sits on Interstate 5, around the halfway mark between Los Angeles and the San Francisco Bay Area. It was one of the first ever superchargers and has long been a popular spot for Tesla vehicles to stop and charge along the 380-mile route. But until this expansion, it's been a V2 supercharger. Fun fact, it was also home to Tesla's only short-lived battery swap station. There was a time, um, perhaps it was before you were listening to the podcast, because it goes back quite a while at this point, where Tesla actually, they set one up at Harris Ranch as a pilot program. They were going to, uh, you know, before they doubled down on trying to improve supercharging speeds, they were going to do battery swap stations where you would drive in to a bay and a machine would unscrew and remove your battery pack from the, from the floor of your Model S, because there was no Model 3 at the time, and it would stash it in the facility and charge it, so that, uh, and they would, give you, they would give you a loaner pack, fully charged, drop up, you know, just pop it up there, secure it, and you're off, you're gone, and then on your way back, you would get your battery pack back. So that was the plan, and there was... Uh, I never got to experience it. I, of course, you know, didn't get a Tesla until the Model 3, and I... I don't even, I don't think I know anybody that actually got to try it out. But if you got to try it out, if you're an old school Tesla owner, old Model S owner, and you actually experienced the battery swap station at Harris Ranch, I would love to hear from you. If you wanted to call in and just uh, try and leave a short, you know, 90 second or so, just a brief experience, I would love to hear about that. Anyway, back to this uh, supercharger expansion news. So Tesla is expanding this Harris Ranch station. The battery swap station is long gone. Not by a couple of stalls, but by 80 stalls. I've mentioned this before, but now construction is underway. The new Harris Ranch supercharger will have a total of 98 charging stalls, which will make it the world's largest supercharger. Just, I can't, my brain can't help but think as a side note, couldn't they have just added two more? Couldn't they have made the expansion, uh, couldn't they have just done 82 so that it would make a nice round 100 stalls? But in any case, it'll be a total of 98 stalls, 
which will make it, at least for a little while, the world's largest supercharger. Construction started earlier this week on the $1.3 million expansion, and Tesla will wrap it up in a few months. Now, uh, I will say, this is gonna be a sight to behold once it is finished. If I end up driving down to Arizona over the holidays again, I'm gonna make a point to stop at this because I gotta see it. Um, I have to say as well, (laughs) here's something. Unless you're gonna go into the Harris Ranch Steakhouse, which I have eaten at, for a meal while you charge, no one is gonna wanna plug into the 18 V2 (laughs) superchargers. Everybody's gonna be gunning for the 80 V3 superchargers that are going in. But thankfully, you know, the the easy math there is V2s are only gonna make up about 18% of the chargers at this entire gigantic station. I wonder how long it will take for the moment to come when that Harris Ranch station is 100% full, when there are 98 cars plugged in and charging there. In fact, I think this is gonna have to be a challenge for the Tesla owners of Silicon Valley Club. And I know club leadership listens to the podcast, John, et cetera, John and the team. There's gonna have to be a takeover event of the Harris Ranch Superchargers so that the club can say they were the first people to fill that world's largest supercharger to capacity. Though, of course, just to head off what you might be thinking, being respectful to other travelers who do need to plug in and charge while on the road. We actually did this. I was there at the club event when Fireball opened, which is much closer to San Francisco. Uh, it is, it's probably like a quarter of the way down from from if you're starting in San Francisco and going down to Los Angeles. Uh, that one, if you remember, that's that was 56 stalls, if I if my memory serves me correctly. And we all we all drove. We met up in San Jose and then caravan down there and did a did a uh, takeover of the station. And of course, again, if anybody came through, we would make sure to free up spots for those people. But it's going to happen. Take somebody's going to do a takeover. And I'm going to guess it's going to be the Silicon Valley Club, maybe the Los Angeles area club. We'll have to battle it out with the Silicon Valley Club to see who gets there first. Anyway, uh, I got to say, it's just super cool to me to see these supercharger stations getting larger and larger. Because just a few years ago, just a few years ago, the 40-stall Kettleman City supercharger with its awesome lounge, uh, but that one at 40 stalls, that was the biggest one. And that seemed enormous. It is still big, don't get me wrong. But now we're gonna have a station that's opening up that's gonna be two and a half times bigger than that. So I I think really it's just a neat side effect of Tesla growing as a company and obviously producing more cars. The charging infrastructure has to grow. It has to level up as well. So you need these stations that are bigger and bigger and bigger along these major thoroughfares, these major uh, arteries that people travel on. Next this week, let's see, I've got two stories for you left to go. First up, Connecticut is one of far too many states because even one is too many, but Connecticut is one of far too many states that does not currently allow the sales of vehicles directly to consumers 
thus effectively banning Tesla from doing business there. However, there is currently an effort being put forth in the state of Connecticut to change that for the better. I saw this story on Tesla Roddy who writes, the proposed Tesla bill in Connecticut would conflict with the state's franchise law that requires car manufacturers to sell their products through third-party dealerships. The United Auto Workers Union, the UAW, Connecticut car dealers, and Senator Julie Kushner presented their arguments against the Tesla bill at a hearing. Quote, I'm really a strong believer that we need to move to electric vehicles, and I think we're doing that on many levels in the state, and I see car manufacturers are moving in that direction as well, said Senator Kushner. I don't see the need to do a Tesla bill. I don't see the need to advance Elon Musk, who is already, you know, ruler of the world. This is an actual quote. I did not change any words. Those were her words, word for word. Despite its nickname, the bill would allow any vehicle manufacturers without an existing presence in the state to sell vehicles directly to consumers. Most automakers who would benefit from the Tesla bill would be EV manufacturers like Tesla and Rivian. Opponents of the Tesla bill also argued it would undermine Connecticut's consumer protection laws. Can you just drink in the delicious irony of that for a second? That robbing consumers of a of a way that uh, not only a method, uh, an alternative method to buy a car, but what I, what I would uh, argue if you surveyed people would probably be a preferred method that, <laughs> that, you, are, that you are undermining consumers and the con- quote unquote consumer protection laws. My goodness. Anyway, uh, Tesla Roddy finishes up by saying, They also pointed out that direct sales could affect the jobs of nearly 14,000 employees in car dealerships, alluding to Tesla's aversion to unions. Well, uh, thankfully, the aforementioned Rivian is joining the fight. Quote, the franchise dealer system simply will not work for Rivian's business model where vehicles are made to order and we're ramping our production, said Rivian spokesperson Leslie Hayward. As a company, we are innovating on not just the product, but also the customer experience. Furthermore, we know that the vast majority of the EVs sold in the United States are via direct sales. Of course, referencing Tesla there. This is no coincidence, Hayward added. Well, Rivian is a small fish in the pond right now, but every ally counts in this battle. And perhaps Rivian having investments from Ford and Amazon might help throw a little extra weight into their corner and thus Tesla's corner in this battle. Now, if not this specific one, this specific battle in Connecticut at this moment in time could still help the overall cause. But I tell you, that state senator quote about not wanting to do any, uh, do Elon Musk any favors, that is why I wanted to read you this story because it is absolutely asinine. Now, I don't care what you think about Elon, but this state senator should be thinking about her constituents, not Elon Musk. Tesla is 110,000 people, not one guy. And her constituents greatly outnumber not just the one guy, but the, even the 110,000 people at the company. So it's just, it's ridiculous, if you ask me. Now, This may sound silly, but although maybe not, 
I have to wonder if at some point we are progressing to a, a point where these state level fights that Tesla and now Rivian joining the battle as well, these state level fights to try and break through these antiquated dealer franchise laws, if this might eventually reach the United States Supreme Court at the federal level. Quite frankly, I mean, Tesla, as we know, can't fill the demand that they have now. So I would have to just guess, and it is purely a guess, I don't work at Tesla, I don't, I'm not a lawyer, but I would think maybe that digging in for the long haul in that kind of like, we'll take this all the way to the Supreme Court kind of scenario, it might just not be high on Tesla's priority list while they're so supply constrained. But at some point, as Tesla continues to grow and production grows to match and more and more people become aware of Teslas and want them, this is going to come to a head, I would think. And it will be interesting to see what happens if and when that day comes. Finally this week, I generally don't do stories from elsewhere in the Elon-verse. I do stick to Tesla because that's the name of the podcast, and that's just what I'm personally most interested in. I, I care about the cars. I've been a car guy my whole life. I love Tesla, first and foremost, because of its cars. But this story, I just want to read it to you real quick. It's a fun one that I just wanted to share with you, and it is this. Hawaiian Airlines, this is from a press release, Hawaiian Airlines became the first major airline to announce an agreement with Starlink to provide complementary high-speed, low-latency bandwidth, excuse me, low-latency broadband internet access to every guest onboard flights between the islands and the continental U.S., Asia, and Oceania. Quote, Hawaiian Airlines is ensuring its passengers will experience high-speed internet the way we expect it in the 21st century, making hassles like downloading movies before takeoff a relic of the past, said SpaceX vice president of Starlink commercial sales, Jonathan Hofeller. With Starlink, the in-flight experience is greatly simplified so that once passengers step aboard the plane, on board the plane, the internet works seamlessly through their flight, end quote. Guests will be able to stream content, play games live with friends on the ground, work and collaborate in real time, plan their Hawaiian vacation, or share their special island moments on social media. Connecting to the internet will be seamless when guests walk on board without registration pages or payment portals. And I just thought this was really cool because if you have ever paid for Wi-Fi on a flight, I have a couple of times, you know how you get almost nothing for your money. They are, it's just, it's in, the, the prices are ridiculous and you're getting, it's like a 14.4 modem at best. And I realize I just alienated all of my younger audience that doesn't know what a 14.4 modem was, but my fellow 40-somethings, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, on a typical, on a on every other present day Wi-Fi, at least anyone that I've ever used or heard about, you can't stream video you can barely do anything. You can barely maintain a connection. In fact, sometimes you don't. To me, this is a great example of, an, of another Elon company applying those first principles problem-solving skills to something and coming up with a better result. I love that not only will this be fast enough to actually stream video and be on social media and do whatever you want to do, 
But also, I love that it's totally free and that you don't have to go through any lame login portals or anything like you do with the, the you know, GoGo in-flight or whatever the major ones are. It, I love that it just works. And I really, really hope that other airlines follow suit very soon. That is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news this week, but stay tuned in just a moment. I will have some of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls coming up right after this. Crypto is the new thing out there, and maybe like me, you're trying to learn more about it. Maybe you're trying to make ridiculous money from it. Did you know that it's easier than it sounds? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that the YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as long as you simply do what he does. So let me tell you more about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which has over 17,000 subs and a million views. Since March of 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put 100 bucks into each one, it'd be now worth over $53,000. Remember, it's all public knowledge. You can go check it out. If you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, stop what you're doing, head on over to copymycrypto.com slash Tesla. You'll find everything I'm talking about right there. My listeners can get full access for just a dollar. This is a limited time offer. So that's copymycrypto.com forward slash Tesla. Check it out. As promised, it is time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your chance to call in and be heard, be part of the podcast. I welcome you. I invite you to do so. Two easy ways that you can do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can take that same 90-second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It is a toll-free number that you can dial anytime, and that number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of voices, recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up is Oliver from Delray Beach, Florida. Hey Ryan, this is Oliver from Delray Beach, Florida. Huge fan of the show. I'm very interested in purchasing a Tesla, but there's no EV chargers in the condo that I live in. So I spoke to my building manager and uh, she's uh, okay with me installing a charger but I would have to cover the entire cost of the installation. And she also asked if there's any monthly fees associated to that. And I explained that um, um, the electrician would install a meter. And if I'm the only one using the charger, then I would just pay whatever the cost is for that. Just wondering if there's anything I'm not considering um, as far as what the meter is gonna show. I wanna pay my fair share, but I also don't want to overpay, so if you know, please uh, fill me in. Uh, the other thing is, here in South Florida, it's very hot, 
and uh, the parking lot is outdoors. So I was wondering if the direct sunlight uh, has any ill effects on the on the Tesla. I'm a little concerned about the battery degradation. So I'm, I plan on keeping the car for multiple years, but I also don't want to damage it by keeping it outside uh, at all times. So if you know, uh, I can't wait to hear your response. Thank you so much, Ryan. Again, huge fan of the show. Thank you. Oliver, thank you for the call. First, you are fine to keep the car outside and charge it outside. Don't worry about that. The only real impact that you would see with extreme heat with regard to charging is possibly not getting peak charging speeds at a supercharger if it's super hot. But on a home charger, it's nothing to worry about. As for installing a charger at your building, I have to apologize in advance to you here because I don't feel super equipped to give you a great answer or even necessarily great advice here because I have not done this. I don't know if there are any big potential hazards that you should watch out for. So uh, I would like to invite anyone in my audience who has been in a similar situation as Oliver to call in and share your experience. As always, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less. What I can immediately suggest though, Oliver, as a way to uh, at least try to be helpful to you here, is to recommend that you consult with your local Tesla owners club to see if anybody in the local group has any advice about say, specific electricians, things to watch out for, etc. If you go to engage.tesla.com slash clubs slash Florida, that is the official Tesla sanctioned club website. You can start there to try and get in touch with your local club. So I hope that helps a little bit while maybe we look to your fellow Ride the Lightning listeners to help you out a little bit more. Jose from Santa Clarita, California is next. Hey Ryan, this is Jose Feliciano from Stockton, California. A few questions. One is I used to be able to swipe the screen to get the tire pressure. Get located now. Could you help me out? Secondly, is there a way to put right the lightning podcast on the favorite? Haven't figured that one out as well. And lastly, you and I got our units, our Model 3 in July of 2018. You mentioned the last week that you your uh, warranty is about to expire. Doesn't it expire at 50,000 miles as well? Because with your many travels to Arizona, I would have figured you're ready at that point. Thank you, and hope to hear from you. Good job on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the call and for the kind words, Jose. I appreciate it. I'm happy to help you out here. First, tire pressure is now in the service menu. As soon as you tap into that, you will see it right there. I don't think it makes that much sense located there. But that's what we've got for now. Second, uh, with regard to favoriting this podcast, as I went on a little bit of a mini rant about at the very end of the podcast last week, it is a huge hassle to search for and find this podcast in the Tesla because TuneIn just does not seem to like me for some reason. (laughs) They seem to have some sort of uh, vendetta against against me and they don't want anyone to find this podcast on there. Um, but yeah, you just have to search 
If you search Ride the Lightning Tesla or My Last Name, which is McCaffrey, which is annoying because it's just long and it's M-C-C-A-F-F-R-E-Y, that's how you can, if you just search Tesla, it won't come up, which which just makes me want to pound my head against the microphone repeatedly until I pass out. But anyway, once you find the podcast, all you got to do, just you just hit the star icon right there to favorite it. I went went and double checked myself to make sure. And sure enough, yeah, you, you can get to it that way. So uh, finally, on my warranty, uh, thanks to having a fairly short commute before the pandemic, uh, and now working from home, I will, as it turns out, I'm going to reach four years at the end of July, coming up in just a few months, before I reach 50,000 miles. I'm just over, I think, maybe 41,000 now. So I hope these answers help you out. Now, speaking of warranties, let's talk to Zach. Hey, Ryan, it's Zach with EV Resource here in Richmond, Virginia. I wanted to call in in response to your quick comment about wanting an extended warranty for your car. And I wasn't sure if you were aware that you can actually get an extended warranty for your Model 3. It's not directly through Tesla, but instead through a third-party company called Accelerate Auto, which is spelled with an X. Uh, they have a program called Xcare, and I've looked into it. I've actually interviewed them for my podcast. And after talking with them, I really believe they've got an amazing product that uh, you, as well as any of your listeners, should look into. So it's Accelerate Auto. It's Xcare. Uh, really, it is awesome and it has a lot of great features. And if you're looking for extending the warranty on your Tesla, they are definitely the people I would recommend. Uh, check them out. It's Accelerate Auto, X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E, auto.com. They're former Tesla people, so they really know these cars better than anyone. Hope that helps. Thanks. Zach, thank you very much for this. Another person mentioned this to me as well, and I also found a lengthy, it's not new, but there is a lengthy Tesla Motors Club thread that I started to read through about this as well um, that I need to finish reading through. I am strongly considering purchasing a policy. I know they're a sponsor of the Tesla Owners Club of Silicon Valley as well, so that seems to add a little, you know, a little bit of little bit of reputable. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just goodness to them, I guess. A little, a little uh, credibility. That's the word, credibility. So I appreciate you giving me a heads up, and I'm glad to hear that you are bullish on it as well. Because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm coming up at the end of July on the end of my warranty, and I do plan to keep the car for a long time. So uh, I'm going to look more into this. I am strongly considering it. Thank you very much for mentioning it. Next up, Josh from New York. Hey, Ryan. Josh again from New York. Um, my call today is in regards to a reply that I got from Kenny from Newport News, I believe it was. Um, I'll tell you, I, I'm not, I never was one to build into the hype of a community for any given category or anything like that. But getting uh, Kenny's reply definitely got me fired up to hunker down, get my house, and try to start, I can start saving up from my Model Y as quick as possible. Um, definitely can see myself slipping into that world fairly easily. Uh, anyways, uh, speaking of, uh, standard range Model Y, super excited, got announced for employees only. Uh, that $60,000 price point was a little, I uh, can't say it didn't hurt. Um, it actually made me wonder, when the time is right, should I just wait a couple more months, spring for the, the long range, save an extra three grand, spring for the long range. Um, but there's another podcast that I listen to, Rob Maurer of Tesla Daily, um, 
I listened to him in between your episodes. Uh, he thinks that given the profit margins for from the Tesla, the Texas Gigafactory, uh, the profit margins will probably be around 35%, that Tesla could eventually, and probably fairly quickly, go down to a 25%, which would be that 52.99 mark that you had predicted when, when I called in. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And um, yeah, thanks again. And I, I'm sure I'll call in soon. Hey, Josh. Great to hear from you. And uh, much love to Rob Maurer, by the way. He and I finally got to meet and talk face-to-face at AI Day last year, and he's great. I had a great time talking to him uh, directly, and uh, he does great work. To your question, my advice, as I mentioned when I talked about this recently, is that with the price gap between the standard range and long-range Model Y being relatively narrow, of course, As I record this, the standard range Model Y still isn't officially on sale, but obviously it's imminent. But I would advise you to wait a bit longer, save a bit more, and go for the long range. Range is king, always, for a million different reasons. And after what you heard on the earnings call last week, I can't say I'm optimistic that the price on that standard range Model Y is going to go down anytime soon. So... Good luck in your quest. The good news is that a great Model Y, either version that you end up with, will be waiting for you at the end of that journey. Next up is Clark. Hey, Ryan. My name is Clark, and I love the show. I've uh, known of you for a long time via IGN, but kind of rediscovered you when you were on Last Stand's uh, podcast with Colin. And uh, the fans found this podcast. So thank you for everything you're doing with Tesla. I've been a longtime Tesla fan, but as a newer listener to your show, uh, can you maybe revisit a topic, which is your kind of background with Tesla, what type of car you have, when you got it? These are things that sometimes you speak about that maybe your regular listeners are read in on, but as a new regular listener, I'm a little behind the curve. So just kind of a quick synopsis of your Tesla history would be much appreciated for a new fan. Uh, Thank you, and have a wonderful electric day. Bye. Clark, welcome, and thank you very much for giving this podcast a try. I'm so glad you found it. Now, your request, it is a fair one. You know, I forget sometimes that I'm so fortunate to have both longtime listeners, but also new listeners. Everybody, new people are finding the podcast all the time, and not everybody knows my story. Now, the short version is that I've been a car guy my whole life. I was lucky enough to have my dream car, a 1982 DeLorean that I owned from 1999 to 2012, covering my entire 20s, which I will always be so grateful for. Uh, I fell in love with Tesla in 2009 when I helped put together a Northern California DeLorean Club event here, uh, and uh, it, it was located at Tesla's, at the time, one and only San Francisco area showroom in the town of Menlo Park when they only had the original Roadster. These are in, this is the pre-Model S days. I got to drive the Roadster after that event, and it completely changed me. I mean, now that sounds silly, ridiculous. You might laugh right now. Uh, from a car perspective, that drive just completely changed me. And I got obsessed with the company after that, I've been following it religiously ever since, and I was lucky enough to finally get my own Tesla after a lot of hard work, a lot of saving, a lot of planning in 2018. 
and it is a red Model 3 performance, which I am so grateful for. I love it more than ever. And if you want, I would say if you want more of my Tesla backstory, you can go back and listen to episode one. That covers a lot of it. And also the special bonus episode that I did titled Special Bonus Episode Delivery Day. And I posted that on July 30th, 2018, which was recorded, I think it was, I guess would have been the day after I got my Model 3. So I hope that helps. Maybe some other new listeners might have appreciated that as well. Welcome to the podcast. Time for one more call this week. It comes from a longtime listener, Ron from Nashville. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, Ryan, it's Ron from Nashville, listening to episode 348. And here heard you talking about the Tesla stock. So another way that um, people can get Tesla stock indirectly is buy a mutual fund that has Tesla stock. Nowadays, um, there are some. It used to be harder. Uh, there weren't many uh, long, you know, a while back. But now you can get, um, I'm not going to mention names, but people can Google mutual funds with Tesla stock, and they can, if they don't want to buy individual stock shares, and would rather have a little diversification and more balance, they can buy mutual funds that have Tesla stock. Um, I myself have some. I used to have individual Tesla stock, and now I, I just have mutual funds that have Tesla stock. So um, that's another way to do it. Anyway, love the show. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you, Ron. As I have said uh, here and there in the past, I don't pretend to be the financial Tesla stock guy. That's never been my expertise. So without diving all the way into that, let me just note that, yes, you are indeed correct. And that is definitely another way that owners and enthusiasts can get access to the stock. And I'll tell you, depending on how big and by big, I mean how many different ways this upcoming stock split is. I mean, we should find out either at the time of the vote at the annual shareholders meeting or perhaps a bit after and theoretically, that should be in early June if the previous history holds up. That might also, that stock split will hopefully also make individual shares more accessible to those who are interested as well. Thank you, Ron. Thank you to everybody who took the time to call in. I will get to more of your calls next week, but keep them coming. I'd love to hear from you. I gave you the two easy ways to call in at the top of the segment, so refer back to those uh, if you do want to call in and otherwise stick with me, I'm not done more ride the lightning coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief out. Well, this is the part of the podcast where I tell you what's going on with me and or my car. And I had a bit of a strange day today. I went to the dermatologist, which is not something I do often. I've had this, uh, just this little kind of like redness on the face. And I thought, you know what, let me just get this looked at. Maybe there's like a cream that can help with it. And go in. And then I mentioned, oh, by the way, yeah, there's this other little spot kind of behind one of my ears that's that tends to like itch a lot. And it's like, maybe that's part of it. And so she takes a look at that and goes, oh, that definitely looks like it's skin cancer, but like not a big deal. But like she was, I have to say her bedside manner was great. She was very like matter of fact, 
and uh, didn't sugarcoat anything, but was like, yep, not this, I'm not worried about this, but we're going to biopsy it. And then assuming it comes back, like I think it will, we'll just, we'll get the rest of it. Don't worry about it. So that was just a little, that was an unexpected thing that happened today. So hopefully everything is going to be okay there. Uh, so speaking of severing those parts of my skin, uh, I did want to give you an entertainment recommendation. Again, I, I always, I try to do these as family friendly entertainment recommendations, but, but not always. This one, Severance, the show Severance on Apple TV Plus. It is, if there's going to be a better TV show this year, then, then, well, whatever that show is must be incredible because Severance, boy, I thought it, it's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. I would advise you to go in knowing as little about it as possible, but, you know, whether you have Apple TV Plus or just want to do like a, a one-month subscription thing and just binge it, it is, I, what a show. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Adam Scott's phenomenal. Actually, the whole cast really just nails their parts and the the sort of tone and vibe of the show. So check, just wholeheartedly recommended from me if you need a good show to watch. Severance on Apple TV+. Plus. Pro tip of the week. It's from Sean. Hi, Ryan and the Ride the Lightning community. This is Sean Bloom from New York. And I just wanted to tell everyone how they could re-add Slacker if for some reason they turn off premium connectivity and the Slacker radio stops working. I noticed after my computer crashed a couple years ago, I could no longer ask for a song and it played it. I called Tesla, they came to my house and serviced the car, and the person said they couldn't add the Tesla account, and I was puzzled. So I decided to try to add premium connectivity. The minute I added premium connectivity, I was able to ask for a song and play it again, and it used the Tesla account. I immediately canceled premium connectivity, and sure enough, using the hotspot in my car, I was able to still ask for songs and get them to play. A year later, this year, my computer crashed again, and it deleted my profile. I did the same trick. And now I'm able to ask for your podcast or any song and listen in the car. I hope this tip helps other Tesla users with a workaround because you should always be able to ask for a song and play it, even if you are creating the hotspot yourself and the car does not connect to Tesla anymore. That is a pro tip if I have ever heard one, Sean. Thank you very much for that. And again, if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that they'd like to share with the Ride the Lightning community, myself included, please call in with it. Send it in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, which I told you how to do earlier in the show. It's also in the show description text with every episode as well, so you don't necessarily have to rewind, you know, go try and find it in the in the timeline there. You can just look at the show description and the uh, instructions are there for that. Before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that can hopefully be of use to you. Let me start with abstractocean.com. I usually start with them. Not only do they start with the letter A, if we're going alphabetically, which we're not really, it just kind of works out that, that way here, but abstractocean.com's got so much good stuff for your Tesla. Just a million great accessories, regardless of which of the four currently in production Teslas that you have. So check them out, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout, 
and that will get you 15% off of your first order. They've got everything from center console wraps, if you've got the older style center console like I do, the tempered glass screen protectors, which are great, a lot of lighting kits, lighting upgrades, different lighting colors. If you wanna change, if you don't just want white light in the interior of your car, uh, you can change it to any color you want. All sorts of stuff and more at abstractocean.com. Meanwhile, uh, in, a, in the effort to stay alphabetical here, how about, well, I'll skip next to Budget Safe Solar. Every Tesla owner out there, all of you, including me, have a pretty good idea, if not the exact knowledge, for how much the electricity that your Tesla uses costs. But we know that based upon today's grid rates. Nobody knows how much these rates are gonna go up in the next five, 10, 15 years, except those of you with solar. So if you've ever thought about getting solar installed at your home or office, why not reach out? Of course, you're gonna try Tesla. You should see what they've got to say. But why not also reach out to a friend of the show, Budget Safe Solar. Their website is quite simply budgetsafesolar.com where their motto is capping tomorrow's energy costs today. So check them out. Uh, their whole thing is trying to find the right solar solution for you. Uh, just they're going to look at your situation and, and you know consult with you to see what's going to work best. Also, if you've considered entering the growing field of solar, they would like to hear from you. So learn more uh, if you want to know about that. And if you're interested in acquiring, getting solar for your home or business, Reach out at budgetsafesolar.com. And if you are going to move forward with an order, don't forget the referral code, which is RTL. That is the easy to remember referral code there. I guess next alphabetically would be uh, I, Immaculate Reflections. Yes, my friend Jeff McGovern, the owner and proprietor of Immaculate Reflections, the person responsible for not only getting my car looking its absolute best, but helping keep it that way. If you wanna do paint correction to really clean up that paint job, if you wanna do paint protection film to protect said paint job, if you wanna do ceramic coating to help keep that paint job as clean as possible, keep that car looking as good as possible, any of those, a couple of those, all those, whatever you wanna do, Immaculate Reflections is there for you if you and your car are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Go to irdetailing.com to learn more, to get in touch with Jeff there, to book in with Jeff, see examples of his work there, and uh, be sure to mention, if you do reach out, that you're a Ride the Lightning listener because you will get a nice little discount off of your service that you book if you do mention that you listen to this podcast. Uh, moving alphabetically, we got Jada. Jada's got a bunch of great products, all sort of centered around the center console. So they've got, uh, probably most of you would be most interested in the USB hub console, because this is for the newer style center console that all the, you know, the last couple years worth of threes and Ys have. It's a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple watch charger, and AirPod charger all in one. Uh, so that's really great. Check that out. Also, the Jada Tray, which I have in my car. It is a drop-in tech-focused center console organizer. No tools required. If you've got an older Model 3 like I do, you might want to get your hands on the 
Jada wireless charging pad. I've got one. That is a just absolutely essential accessory as far as I'm concerned, which probably is why Tesla started putting it in all the cars themselves, because wireless phone charging is now like an expected essential accessory in a car. So any of those things that interest you, use the coupon code RTL for a discount. And all I ask in return is that you purchase through my referral link, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. That is the website I humbly, kindly ask you to use. Uh, who else? Uh, I guess, well, the last one is snap plate. The front license plate bracket for people like me that hate having to do a front license plate, the, the one that Tesla gives you sticks to the front of your car with automotive adhesive. Therefore, if you, if you ever want to take it off, like it's just not going to go well. That's if <laughs> you're going to be left with a mess. So get the snap plate, which snaps on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it's on securely. You can then take it off for car shows while you're washing the car, put it back on. If you're going to be parked at a parking meter, you're going through a toll toll bridge, toll road or bridge. That's what I was trying to say. Anyway, everyamp.com slash RTL. They've got the snap plate for the S, the X, the three and the Y. Everyamp.com slash RTL. Finally, that's all the friends of the podcast. Let me also take this moment, if you don't mind, to mention my Patreon. That is the way through which you can, and I hope perhaps, whether it's today or someday soon, you will choose to voluntarily support my efforts here on Ride the Lightning. A Patreon is a platform through which you support creators in an ongoing way. Think of it like a Kickstarter, but you know, Kickstarters for one project. Patreon, you know, Kickstarter, they're just trying to raise one giant amount of money. Patreon is just a way that you can pledge whatever you want to pledge. There are different support tiers. In my case, it starts at five bucks a month. And in return for that $5 a month support, you will get early access to the podcast each week. And the different support tiers as you go up have additional and stacking perks and bonuses. So the $10 tier, which I call the ludicrous tier, all the tiers are named after uh, Tesla speed modes. The ludicrous tier gets the bonus episode that I do every month. And then you go to the plaid, you get the shout out and all that other stuff. The maximum plaid tier gets the sh- gets all that stuff, plus the invitation to the monthly Zoom hangout, which we have a great time at. In fact, the next one, oh, I got it. That reminds me, I need to send out the invites. We will aim to do that, I guess, next week. May, probably aim for May 7th on that, I think, now that I've uh, just reminded myself. In any case, please check out my Patreon if you get a chance, and uh, I would be humbled and grateful if you would consider a pledge. There are also, it's not just monthly, you can do an annual one. If you just wanna just want to do it once for the year, you get a 5% discount on it for that uh, do, going that way. So. The website is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. My social media handles for both Twitter and Instagram are DMC underscore Ryan, a reference back to the DeLorean Motor Company, the DMC 12, my dream car that I was lucky enough to own for a while, DMC underscore Ryan. 
Twitter is a lot of video game stuff with my day job with some Tesla mixed in. The Instagram is all Tesla all the time. So if either of those are of interest to you, I'm out there, come say hi. And finally, let me say hello and thank you to the Plaid Maximum Plaid and Roadster in space to your backers. I will start with the Plaid crew. They are George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondal, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Rick Dean, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, the Maximum Plaid tier backers. Hopefully I'll see a bunch of you at next weekend's monthly Zoom hangout for Patreon backers at the Maximum Plaid tier or higher. So thank you so much and hello to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, John Schmidt, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, Aaron, Sonar Tech 77, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, Zach Schwartz, and KB. And thank you very much as well to the Roadster in Space tier backers. They get the one-on-one Zoom hangout with me each month if they choose to take it. In fact, I'm chatting with uh, the wonderful Howard Anthony Smith this weekend. Looking forward to that. His, uh, we always have a nice conversation. Thank you to Howard, along with Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Victoria Iacovetto, and Tesla Hitchhiker 42. Had a great chat with her last weekend as well. Thanks so much to all of you for backing, regardless of the tier that you're at. Really appreciate your support. It is your support that allows me to really uh, keep going on this. I love doing it, don't get me wrong, but uh, it does take plenty of time, plenty of energy, etc. So thanks to all of you for your generosity there. And it's uh, about time for me to wind down here, try and get to bed as, uh, oh yeah, Daisy the Boxer just sort of turned away from me, took, took one look and was like, I'm going back to bed. You're still talking. <laughs> so I'm going to hit the road. Happy electric motoring, my friends. And I will see you back here for a palindrome episode next week, 3.53. See you then.
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.